Welcome to the Strategy Mob Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy Mob. Today, I have two very special guests. I have Stefano Serpa and Kevin Zimmick. Gentlemen, thank you for taking the time to jam with me today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Pleasure. Hey guys, for everybody out there that's watching, listening, and um, maybe don't know your guys' background or how you kind of got started in the industry, I thought it'd be cool to kind of kick off this podcast with a couple origin stories. So, um, Stefano, I'll start with you. How did you get started in the automotive industry? Oh, well, um, my father's been in automotive his entire life. So he was a mechanic at the age of nine. And, uh, you know, started right from the bottom and, and worked his way all the way up. Uh, he got his first dealership in 86. Uh, I was born in 89. And things just kind of progressed from there. And um, the next thing you know, out, right out of university, I was on the front line there uh, in sales. But prior to that, I was, uh, I, I did everything. So I did detailing, uh, parts advisor, service advisor, everything. I, I did from bottom all the way to the top and uh, eventually made my way up to vice president of the company. And my father is the dealer principal, of course. So he paved the way and came right behind him. So you were literally born into the business. Literally yeah. born into the business. <laughs> I, lo I love finding, I love listening to everybody's story of how they got into the business. I have yet to find someone who grew up and said, you know what, at the age of nine, they were like, I'm going to get into the automotive industry. It seems like we all either was born into it or fell into it. For me, I was suckered into it. Um, someone said, hey, Jay, you like selling shit? I said, yeah, yeah, I like selling stuff. They're like, you want to sell cars? I'm like, eh. Sure, summer summer job. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. Little did I little did I know that you know the guy received a five hundred dollar uh, referral bonus as, as long as I stayed for ninety days. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Kevin, for yeah. yourself, how did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Jeez, um, most of the stuff that I get involved in these with these days is, usually happens when I step out of a meeting room to go to the washroom. I come back and I'm ordained, but uh, car. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to ask my parents. I've asked them a million times. I've always been obsessed with cars. I've raced cars and, and things in the past. And uh, genetic malfunction, possibly. <laughs> malfunction. That's like the best way to describe most of us in the industry. <laughs> but, you know, I was always into cars. Got, I bought one as soon as I could, uh, transitioned into dirt bikes. And uh, all four years, uh, summers in university, I, I'm a native Niagaran. And uh, growing up in Niagara, Ontario, and Canada, um, General Motors is a large influence in St. Catharines, Welland area. And I uh, worked all four summers for General Motors uh, as a, in production and a student uh, supervisor in production. And when I graduated uh, with a business degree, um, as I tried to get, I really wanted to work at GM corporately, who were going through a bit of a downsizing back then. Oh, God, 35 years and at least 40 pounds ago. I was when that was. Um, I love and, that you know uh, the weight too. Well, I, I sold uh, I, I sold cars while I waited uh, and continued to try and get into an automotive corporate office. I was successful in 1990. Started with Ford Motor Company, uh, the old glass house on the Canadian Road in Oakville. Worked 16 years from there. 
um, gave them the old George Costanza, it's not you, it's me. And uh, <laughs> it's not true, but not true. <laughs> it just wasn't the right place for me anyway. So um, I, I ended up going, uh, I, I left a, a very good position. There was nowhere else to go. I just knew I wasn't going corporate anymore. And I went into the event marketing business based on a few NHL alumni properties. And uh, when I sold that, uh, I went into partnership with uh, a Nissan dealer, Drew Tilson, uh, here at, um, at uh, Richel Ford in, in beautiful, sunny, somewhat warm Cambridge. <laughs> somewhat warm uh, is right. Uh, he has two other dealerships. He owns Barry Nissan and also owns half of uh, uh, Georgian BMW Mini up in Japan. Uh, you know what? It sounds like for you, uh, you had gasoline in your blood. I think that's what it was. It just, it was there. You just kind of got into it, right? Somewhat warm is right though. Right now, the weather's a little crazy. I told oh, yeah. people I have a car problem. There's no 12-step program. So you just, <laughs> Stefano, you know that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Stefano, you have a bit of a car problem? I, I, I have I have a few car problems. And now uh, with Serpent Motorsports on board, I have now a motorsports problem. So. I got I got a whole mess of problems that that come with engines. I know, so, guys. Fun, you, <laughs> would you have ever thought that we would be sitting down uh, in this type of situation? I mean, look, you know, I think as an industry, we all kind of plan, you know, for the worst and expect the best. And I don't think anybody could have ever had a contingency plan for something like this. I mean, really. I mean, you know, I went through the recession. That was a game of economics. This is all about social. I mean, it's such a a social impact on our industry and on our cons. On our customer so actually this would be a great pace for us to kind of kick it off is you know what is the current norm for you guys and uh, um stefano i'll start with you what is your current norm right now what does that look like um so our current norm well obviously with uh, the government announcing that you know uh it's appointment only for for showrooms um the norm is everything online um you know we we've been uh, we here at serp have been doing online business for a long time um, so it's, it's kind of natural for us. Um, but, but the whole thing about the excitement around the vehicle or, or, or the product is there to the enthusiasts who know what they're buying, um, to the ones who still need that test drive that, you know, TLC, it's a little bit tougher for them. Um, but we're here to assist in any way possible. So we're full video, full text, email, phone, everything possible to make them feel comfortable. And uh, of course, now that we we can test drive and all that, with uh, with the steering wheel wraps and the, the you know the sanitization, the seat covers, everything, we're we're doing it all. And and this is the new norm. And uh, you know, at home delivery, at business delivery to those who are essential. This is the norm, and and we're we're here to be a part of it, 100. Um, it's 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 kind of interesting to see how the staff adapt to it. I would say is 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 the um is the biggest change for the staff because we're all now moving a little more in harmony than we, we usually would um you know we, we've become somewhat of a, uh, a logistics company at this point too right so <laughs> it's fun it's fun we're, we're going with it so yeah. Well, I think that we all have to do that. It's going with it is kind of the theme I find with everybody right now. It's just like we just kind of have to go with the flow and just kind of write it out. And, and I, I love the fact that you said like we're communicating in every single way. I mean, you literally listed everything. 
text yes. message, video, Zoom meeting, uh, phone calls, smoke signals, uh, social media, <laughs> instant messenger. Like, but I mean, but I think that's kind of going to be the overall theme for us as an industry moving forward. Is it's almost by any means necessary. Like we'll communicate, we'll service your vehicle, we'll sell you a vehicle, however, I guess you kind of require it. So as an industry, we're having to become flexible, which has not always been our, we've been known for. We're not really known for being a flexible industry, you know, where it's, mm -hmm. it's literally you come in, here's your 12 stages and that's it. No other way around yeah. it. Um, but I know we're going to get more into that. But before we do that, Kevin, for yourself, what does that current norm look like for you? Well, I'll, I'll, it's very similar to what Stefano said with respect to how we're communicating with customers. As always, we've we've <clears throat> offered a lot that you can do remotely. We've tried, uh, made various efforts. I, I don't think a significant or fulsome enough effort, both at my business or as an industry, have we have we done so? Trying to move um, remotely, uh, remote information down the sales funnel. So do more from home, or do more on your terms, on your time, uh, and through your method of media. So this has kind of forced us to do it. It's a welcome change for me. Uh, it's been a bit of a shock to the organization, but that's good because, you know, change is good. And we all talk, you know, you've, all we've done is read stuff to try and, you know, get us out of bed in the morning uh, about uh, how, you know, the world starts at the edges of our comfort zone. So we've spent a lot of time there. My staff has spent a lot of time there in terms of numbers are um, I've got 70% of my fixed operation back now. I, I didn't go down below 50% of my fixed operation, which is great. We do a lot of OPP. We do a lot of FedEx. We do a lot of delivery trucks being a, you know, a Ford dealership with, with trucks. We do a lot more of that in, in this area. And uh, we're, I'm now just in the front end of the business. Uh, I've got my commercial manager in. I have my uh, digital manager in every day. Uh, I've got my GSM in and one salesperson who started two weeks ago and another one who's going to start. Uh, well, you won't see this broadcast by the time he starts, but he, he doesn't know it yet, but he's starting Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think anybody can argue the fact that just so much has changed in such a fast time. And that's the crazy thing. We talk about the amount of time. I mean, in February, I was at NADA. You know, and that's crazy. Yeah. It feels like it was a year ago. And it was literally like, I, mean, I remember people talking about it at NADA. And then all of a sudden I got home and it was like the first week of March. And it was just, it was bam. I mean, the recession for me happened over a six to nine month period. I mean, this was a two week period where everything just kind of went yeah. Poof. <laughs> yeah, the auto show as well, right? We were yeah, we were just exactly at the, the Canadian International Auto Show. My That's right. And I were talking about that yesterday. And we're like, was that just in February? It, it was. It was like, because like, the day like, after I went like, to NADA. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, it's crazy. It, it, it is. It is absolutely crazy. But it, what I think is is the craziest part is the the fundamental impact it has on the customer. Like mm -hmm. I, I think the biggest thing that has changed is the customer. You know, the customer now over the past, you know, month or a couple months now, getting close to it, you know, is the way that the customers have engaged with retail at any level, you know, restaurants, um, Canadian Tire, uh, grocery stores, it, it is all changing. And I've gotten to the point now where I'm so accustomed to it, you know, like, I don't know if I will ever step into a grocery store again. 
Yeah. I got three kids sure. under the age of 10. I don't know what the hell I was going into a grocery store in the first place. I know it's like, yeah. literally it was like a, like a black ops mission trying to go to a grocery store with, you know, three kids under the age of like, okay guys, here's the operational plan. Okay. You're yeah. not going to do this. You're not going to do this. We're going to go in slow. We're going to go in stealthy. We're going to get shit down and we're going to be out. Um, but it's like, now I'm just like, you know, I go on, I order, I pull up the process is so clean. It's so frictionless. It's so smooth. And, and it, I hate to say it's more productive. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. spending hours walking down, up and down an aisle. And um, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on this, but I, I feel that moving forward, you know, this is what the customer has now gotten used to. And I feel like some level of that, they're going to expect to continue to do it that way. Um, uh, Stefano, I'll start with you, kind of get your thoughts on that. And Kevin, I'll ask you the same question. Wait, how do you think this has impacted the yeah, customer? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, just your your example of the grocery store is is a perfect one because, like, if you're you're at home and you you send your list and and you pull up and you call, you say I'm outside in a you know a black jeep, and your trunk opens and there's your groceries. So you know a lot of it a lot of it's going to be that way. Um, and and for cars, the the clients are are getting used to the delivery, right? So we have we have a couple enclosed trailers and. You know, we don't drive your car, no mileage, no stone chips, no using your gas, nothing like that. So the customer, we call the customer, we say, hey, Mrs. Smith, we're, we are outside. Uh, you can come on out and, and our drivers, they're waiting for you. And the, and the car comes out of this beautiful trailer and parked into your garage and, you know, sanitized and wrapped up clean and all that. How do you get better than that? Right. So how do you get better than that? Right. So um, it really doesn't. Right. Um, so the, the customers are certainly going to get used to things like that. Um, but again, you, you're still going to have those customers that enjoy picking up the vehicle, driving it home. We, we have had that in, in the, you know, this, this week so far. Um, but they're certainly getting used to a little more convenience. And, and at the dealer level, it takes a little more on our side. Uh, but you know what? It's, we're, we're here to be a part of a customer's experience a, a car purchase is the second biggest purchase customers make and uh we're, we're here to make it as special as we can no matter what the circumstances but they they are there i think they're loving it right now with, with certain things my summation no i i agree with you i mean kevin i'd love to get your thoughts on on how you think the customer is going to change the way that we do business as an industry um i i think we're the, to ex, uh, use the bleeding obvious, we're in a period of transition right now. What I mean by that period of transition, I don't have a good feel for it. <clears throat> we'll have, you know, we've had, uh, it is, you know, for the purposes of this, Eastern time, we've been open for eight hours now. And um, we, we've sold three vehicles today, been fortunate enough to have people come in. Two of them were ups, traditional ups. And one of them sent in an e-lead, <clears throat> decided to come in and take a look around. The reason why they came to see it was because I needed to get out of the house. I'm bored because I've been cooped up for a while. So once yeah. that lifts, once that lifts, and they don't feel the need to get out of the house, I think that's when the convenience of the well, I don't feel the need to get out. I can just stay here in my fuzzy slippers and my underwear and and make the order and use the conveniences that COVID nineteen has forced dealers to finally get you know into the year 2000. I don't think we're in the year 2020 yet, but this is the, a bit of a kick in the ass that we needed. Uh, I willingly accepted the kick in the ass and I think it's good for us. It's going to be good for the industry. And I think we need to continue to perpetuate it. So 
when we get through this transition period of people not looking, just looking to get out as an excuse to get out, I think it'll be a lot better. And I think we'll do a lot more remotely. Um, I, I, we've done more e-transfers this week than we did for the prior nine years. I'm not paying Visa. I'm not paying MasterCard. It's yeah. a thing of beauty. It's a quick transaction. Um, you know, and, and we're exchanging greater pleasantries from afar, from, 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 you know, once you see somebody, um, the heavy works out of the way. It's just a couple of pleasantries about how they're enjoying the weather and otherwise. And the majority of the heavy lifting, the transaction occurs remotely at, uh, you know, and the customer dictates that time and cadence, which I think is important to them. It's important to me as a consumer. And I certainly feel more comfortable as a business owner now starting to transact business the way I expected to be transacted in other businesses. I've gotten used to it. I've it's got, a good, very good point. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, 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 it's great. You know, um, speaking of that, you kind of that remote aspect, you know, I have talking to a lot of dealers right now and Kevin, I'm sure you have and Stefano, I'm sure you have too. You know, we, 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 you know, this is a big industry, but we're all really close with each other. So it just seems like yeah. everyone's very, very tight, you know, family when it comes to, to our industry. Uh, and, you know, I have a lot of a lot of friends out there that are doing a lot with a little. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's beginning to open up you know, their eyes. And, you know, I hate to say it from an operations perspective, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, is, you know, going into our new norm, that doing a lot with a little mentality, do you think it will continue? And how does that change the way we structure our operations? Uh, Stefano, I'll start with you, and Kevin, then I'll ask you the same question. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Um, you know, with, with layoffs, and much like Kevin, we tried to keep it above the 50% mark. Um, so, you know, you're you do lean on staff a little bit more, right? So um, you, you do kind of begin to learn that, hey, I, I can actually do that. Or, hey, you know, he can actually, he can actually do that for me. But again, we, we have employees in place for a reason. Um, they, they are the reason that we're, we're, you know, dealers are successful and businesses are successful. But I, I do think that, that each of us are learning that we are capable of more. Um, and, and we don't look at it as, Hey, we're not going to bring that guy back. We, we can run with just this guy. No, let's, let's, let's bring them all back and let's grow. Right. And, and then, and right. And then let's grow and let's, let's keep up that momentum. Let's not try and operate the way we were with less staff. Let's, let's bring everybody back and operate at a, at a greater capacity. So that, that's the way I look at it. And, and, and that's the way I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and much like Kevin, we have, you know, we, we have staff starting again this week. Um, so um, I, I'm, it's, it's going to be good. It's, it's going to be good to see what, how, how the staff that have been laid off come back and gel with, with the new processes and all that, right? And it's funny because the staff are calling me like, so what's going on? Uh, you know, how, how many deals do we do today? And, and uh, you know, how many deliveries do we have this week and things like that. And, and so we tell them, and, and I love the enthusiasm coming from them. Uh, because they're so eager to to get back to work, and you know, as as a as an employer, that's the biggest compliment you could you could ever ask for, right? So we are we're we're super excited to to use this and and grow as much as we can. I think in that's a new norm. That that's an amazing way to look at it. I mean, it, it's yeah. you've been able to identify that you are being able to do more with less. But that just means when you are back at full capacity, you're just going to be able to handle and do yeah. that much more. And I love yeah. that you, you mentioned process because I, I, I'm a true believer that the new norm, we're going to have to process our way to profitability. 
Correct. Like it, it is, it, I, it, so many new processes are going to have to be placed. We have to document the crap out of them. We're going to have to break them. We're going to have to redo them. And it's going to just this constant push of process, which I love when that happens because I think it makes mm -hmm. our industry better and makes the customer experience better. Um, Ke Kevin, your thoughts on, you know, just kind of the people generally talking about doing more with less employees. And do you see that affecting your operations? Oh, got lots of thoughts on that one, buddy. How, how much time you got? <laughs> all the time you need, Kevin. All the time you uh, need. I wish I had all the time. <laughs> it's going to require. Um, but I, I think I think it is going to change a lot, and it is not change for change's sake. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of the things that a lot of vendors have called us up, and by the way, continue to call us up during these very busy times, telling us how we should be doing things better and leaving money on the table and other fantastic vendor euphemisms. Because, you know, us dealers <laughs> hey, leave Kevin, money on the Kevin, table all the time. Kevin, it, 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 it only takes one car deal to cover the expense. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh, God, don't even get me going on that one. But <laughs> vendors are our partners, too. They just need to give us a little more credit. I hear you. And in our business a little more. But that being said, um, this is the part where your mom, I get in trouble with your mom. My dad had an expression which is called, a, it's called broom in the ass. And when I used to call my dad, and he used to say, like dad, that one. I used to call him when I moved out of, because I wasn't a millennial, so I moved out of my home at 20, right? So um, I used hey, to, hey, hey, I'm a millennial. How's your Saturday going? And he used to say, well, your mom's got a broom up my ass. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not sure how comfortable I am now. But here's what it meant. What it meant is I'm unloading the dishwasher with my left hand. I'm stirring the soup with my right hand. I'm pushing the lawnmower with my left leg. And she says, if you're not doing anything constructive, do you mind sweeping the floor? And I only had one spot left. And that, you know, as crude as it is, describes what's happening with my staff. And this, this, I went down from 42 to 17 core people. And the 17 core people I had were hustlers. They were open-minded. They, they understood it. They were scared. But they showed up and they did a tremendous job. Each one of them had a broom in the rear um, because they were, you know, my GSM was running to pick up the mail. I was doing the bank deposits. Yeah. I was doing the coffee run in the morning. My my, my parts delivery guy was do, driving the shuttle with people, you know, three seats in the back. Everyone is doing things that they're not accustomed to doing. So the new normal became whatever it takes. Yeah. That's not going to change when my staff comes back. It's still going to be whatever it takes. And to be honest with you, what I've always said is there are times I've worked with with good people with great intentions and we've parted ways and I've thought to myself, you know what, I, I hire attitude and develop aptitude and they just didn't make the cut and they may be great across the street working for some, for another manufacturer, for an independent, but th that's not the high powered team I'm looking to, to put together here. And there's going to be some of that uh, when we get back to normal with, with some of my staff, just because they've seen we can do it. And what we've been able to do with half the staff has been remarkable and we're not, and that includes me that was a wake-up call for me too and i'm not going to come off of that man and i'll tell you some of the processes and i know we'll probably get into this as the, as the podcast goes on but some of the things that we need to change as it relates to customer process and how we approach customers and transact business in here now will require understanding from oems it'll require understanding from our provincial governing bodies uh, you know i i I'll, Get it out, man. I, I was not happy with how OMVIC, which is the governing body in the province that I I'm operate totally in, with you on that. Uh, was <laughs> supportive 
of dealers here. And thank God we had a couple of other vendors, uh, partners who did not have concerns with fear of retribution, who stepped up with our support and stated it. But they're going to have to understand that customers are dictating and we're supporting the fact they want to do remote business in their you know, condo parking lots and their driveways and stuff. And that needs to be okay, man. It needs to be okay. It's got to be okay with my staff. It's got to be great with me. And that's what we need to continue to do. No, I mean, Agreed. the customer really is at in the driver's seat. And mm-hmm. yeah, not saying that that's a new thing. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've visited thousands of dealerships, you know, since I've been in the business. And, and I always see you know, patterns with the dealerships that are really crushing it. I mean, really, you know, from a profitability perspective, from an operations perspective, from a culture perspective. And and the one thing I always found real consistent is, is really putting the customer at the center of everything that they did. So, you know, if the customer wants to do it this way, all right, we'll do it that way. You know, if the customer wants me to come pick up their car for service, all right, come pick it up there for service. If, you know, the customer wants me to come to their house and sign a document, I'll do that and move over. You know, um, I want to take one little kind of segue in our discussion because I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because I've been reading too many articles out there right now about how people are saying this is the end of our industry and sales are going just to plummet and, you know, everything is going to get real bad before it gets any better. And, you know, coming from someone, you know, who manages and develops content in a little over a hundred dealership websites, I'm looking at these analytics and going, I don't know what the hell everyone's talking about. Like (laughs) traffic's up. I mean, I have dealerships that, you know, April of this year and April of last year, you know, their online engagement and traffic is up 15, 20, 25%. March looked like the exact same thing. Going into May, I've seen, I actually saw an increase. You guys get a kick out of this one. When when the government announced the that we can schedule appointments for showrooms, I literally saw a spike in the four or five days, almost consistently across the board, you know, of online traffic. Now, I think what is that these are online shoppers. Now, these shoppers may not be taking action right this second, but they're online and they're ready. So I think we're going to have that coming out of that. Plus, we're going to have, you know, another new segment of buyers that we've never had in the past. And that's for us here in Ontario, the one and a half million people that rely on public transit. Like, I don't know of a whole lot of people that are going to be jumping back on a train and getting in a bus anytime soon. And they're going to be looking for, you know, pre-owned, inexpensive or low lease new vehicles. And I just kind of got to get your guys' thoughts on, you know, what the sales kind of look like or how you guys see, you know, the new audiences that are coming out or new people buying are going to be buying into, um, you know, the market where they weren't there before. Um, Stefano, I'll start with you and then Kevin, I'll ask you the same question. Yeah, um, the, the the public transit example is a, is a perfect one, um, and we've we've actually experienced it firsthand already. So we're we're getting calls, you know, saying, "Oh, and and of course, everyone has ton of time right now, and and we're here to listen about everything." And so you kind of you're kind of learning about customers at a different level now. Um, they're, they're saying, you know, we we've had examples of you know, I used to take the TTC or I used to take the GO train to work. Uh, we're in Aurora, so we're a bedroom community. So a lot of commuters um, and go trains, go, go train stations, you know, throughout. Uh, and they're and they're basically saying we don't want to we don't want to take the go train anymore. We're going to come in and look at a car, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up that example because I am experiencing that firsthand. Um, but you know, same thing with you. I was I was talking to my website providers, and they said, Steph, you're up. Um, you know, and I said, okay, everybody's home. 
you know, everybody's on the apps and, and they're, maybe they're looking at cars a little, you know, more aggressively than they, they normally would, whether they're interested or not interested, serious buyer, not serious buyer. Um, but regardless, the numbers are up, VDPs are up. Um, and, and I don't think that we were, are going anywhere. Uh, we, we, we are the car industry. Um, we, we are needed. We, we are strongly needed by, by, our, by everybody around. And I, I just, I, I don't see that at all. Not, not even in the slightest. I think that the car industry will, will go down or the numbers will go down or, or whatever the case is. They're going to go, I think they're going to go up. Um, you know, as, as exa- the example of the public transit is, is one of many that can be discussed. Um, we're, we're going up, we're here to change, right? And, and, and Kevin and I will be the first to tell you that we're here to change. And, and as we've, we've already discussed that, we're not going anywhere. We're here. We're here. Everybody uh, I'm, I'm with you guys. Like we are yeah. here. I mean, Kevin, do you, I mean, what would you say to, you know, these people writing these articles that are forecasting between 25 to 40% decrease in sales is where we're heading. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, you know, I think they're wrong. And I'm not saying it as a cockeyed optimist who's in this business because I'm used to, you know, I just sit in my bedroom every Sunday and listen to Tony Robbins and Jason Harris and Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> and convince me that everything's going to be wow, fine. Wow, I'm in that group. I'm, now I'm trying to decide if the cool part is you compare me into that group or you're listening to me while you're in bed. I'm trying to decide which one's cooler. <laughs> the secret's out. Get your webcams out of my room, brother. <laughs> um, but I, I, it, I, no, I really, you know, here's how I look at it. I remember it. I'll, 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 I'll express myself in parable, as they do in many other parts of the world. And then I remember once having a conversation after I'd owned the business for a year, and uh, I held a town hall with my staff. And one of my mechanics put his hand up and said, "I know I'm only a grease monkey, but blah blah blah, so forth." And brought up a very good point. And I says, "Well, first of all, I'm not familiar with that term. Me having the same problem growing up with a motorsports problem like Stefano is so wonderfully developing now." <laughs> it's a great it's a great hobby by the way it creates millionaires yes that's food. right but keep going brother um Thank you, man. <laughs> anyway um and, and I, exp- I explained to him you know this isn't a grease monkey thing and you've lost sight of what it is that you do so what you do is you're not just simply rotating tires and doing an oil change on, on a ford explorer um the person who's come in here has asked you to check the vehicle over it's february and that woman and her husband have saved up for the last six years to go on a trip to Disney World that they're taking with their family in this car. If you don't do your job right and they break down in Kentucky in the mountains somewhere and they have to go into a hotel for a night or two, um, that, that blows the budget on maybe two days in Disney World and what they're doing. What you're doing is you are providing liberty and the ability for people to get out and enjoy themselves, and that's what you're doing. And going back to your initial question, now that I come out of the parable, that hasn't changed. Car culture and those types of things haven't changed. People have been cooped up in their houses. They're going to want to get out. I don't know. You know, the last time you flew Air Canada Rouge wasn't a pleasant experience for me. I'm not a small guy, but shoulder to shoulder, person falling asleep on your shoulder, drooling. Those days are done. I think air air transportation is going to become expensive, and yep. people are going to get out and they're going to explore Canada this summer. Yep. And I think public transit the same thing here locally. Here, three years ago, they came up with the notion of spending three billion dollars <laughs> light rail transit system, which has been running empty after its two years of delay since we've come here. 
still a necessary thing. I still need to get, it needs to get people around, but the ability to get out, explore and see things as part of car culture is alive and well, that's not going to change. And I think more people are going to want to do it than ever before. And we're here to help them. We need to be better. We need to change. We're, we're heading down that journey now and we need to get better exponentially quicker. Um, and we will, and it'll be better now, you know, we, we need car dealers. There's not many uh, Google or Amazon uh, names on the back of Little League jerseys. No, yeah. there isn't. Exactly. <laughs> right. But, but, you're, we, but you're so right, man. Like it's, it's, we, our industry is a necessary industry and, you know, we do provide freedom, freedom to, you know, to get to work and get to home and to, to, to go out and to explore and, and I'm with you. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. Like I said, there's public transit. There's the people that have already been in market and now are going to still continue to be in market that hasn't gone away. You know, and there's, uh, we didn't even talk about all the people ride sharing. You know, Ontario has the highest usage of ride sharing programs in any, than, than any other province in Canada. I mean, are, are, are you going to get, are you going to jump back in? Are you going to jump into the back of a stranger's car, you know? in the next yep. couple months? I don't think so, you know? So yep. I'm with you. A lot of things will change. I want to take kind of just a slight shift kind of in the direction of our of our conversation because I want to get you guys' thoughts on this because it's been something I've been thinking a lot about lately and I'm getting kind of mixed responses as far as what dealerships are actually doing or in some cases not actually doing. But, you know, best practices on how to talk and motivate your team through this time frame. So I, I, here's what I've been experiencing. I have two two different types of dealerships I've, I've experienced. You know, they kind of fall into two different categories. One category of dealerships are sticking their head in the sand and their fingers in their ears and going la, 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 and not communicating to anybody or doing anything along the lines. And then on the polar opposite of the extreme i have you know dealer principals that are doing an amazing job of jumping on daily zoom conversations and calling staff and checking in with them and i'm just i think there's a fair amount of dealerships right now that are listening watching right now and they're they're wondering like how how do i continue to motivate my team during this time frame i'd love to get your thoughts on this stefano i'll start with you and then kevin i'll ask you the same question <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, we've been doing much of that as well. So we're doing a lot more calls. Um, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm on, I'm on the floors every day. Um, you know, start to finish, morning to night, whatever it takes. And so I'm here. My my father. You know, um, we we jump on a lot of calls, a lot of conference calls, keep the communication lines flowing. And uh, you know what? It, it it starts from the top. It starts from us. So however however we are gonna be adapting to, to the changing times and, and showing our staff, you know, our, our willingness to adapt. They, they, the ones that want to come along, like Kevin said, the hustlers, the, the ones who, whatever it takes, we're here for you. Those are the ones that are really, really, really going to adapt and excel in this time. Um, you know, it, it's not to say that the other who aren't hustlers aren't going to adapt. It's just, you know, you, you, you kind of see the ones that really are, are understanding that this, this is what it is. And so if, if we don't change, what, what are we going to do, right? We, we can't sit there and think what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. I think it's best to, to live one day at a time. Uh, you know, you never know, like, you know, there was, was it a week, two weeks ago? I, I have no sense of time these days, but, you know, we're, and we're, we're, yeah, we're waiting for Doug Ford to get on there and tell us what's going to happen in our province. Um, and, you know, it's, it's day by day. We, we never know what's going to happen. When the, when the showrooms got announced to be by appointment only, 
it's like, you know, the salespeople are, you know, getting excited. The, the managers are getting excited. So it, it's great to see that. Um, but again, I, I think it, it all comes from the top. And, and uh, you know, it's it's important to let your staff know that you're here to support them in, in, in any way, shape or form. Um, it, it's, it's difficult times. Uh, I know I've I, we've, we've experienced a couple of staff members who have lost their parents to COVID. Um you know, so it, it, it is tough and, and you got to be there for them. And, you know, one of one of my guys said, I said, you should he hasn't seen his father in, in two or three months. And and he said, uh, I said, do you want to go spend time with like your, your sisters and your brother? He goes, no, I want to be here. This is where I feel comfortable. And and, you know, that that to me was, you know, it's 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 nice to see that he, he wants to be around the staff and he, he takes liking to what we're doing here. Right. Uh, obviously, everybody's safe. So it's it's, it's all good. But um, yeah, t- from the top down, you got You got to be positive. You got you got to show that energy that that's needed in the showrooms. You're you're hundred you're hundred percent right. I mean, I think during times like this is when we actually see who are real leaders uh, mm-hmm. versus you know just the pretenders. And mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what we're seeing out there right now. I mean, you know, I, I've seen some dealerships that really, really stepped up to the plate and shown leadership not only to their staff but to their customers and to their yeah. community. Um, yeah. Kevin, your thoughts on just how do we kind of keep our team, you know, motivated through this time frame? Uh, you know, what? great question. And as you said, there's quite a spectrum in how you approach it. Um, uh, I'm here to tell you, I haven't done as good a job as I have intended to. Um, that's not by design. I just, you know, uh, I think I mentioned to you in past dialogues with you, Jason, that in these times and stuff, and I'm sure you know, you can feel this, man, um, you are either work to the bone or bored out of your mind, mm-hmm. one or the other. And you can see that's it true. Health, you can see it in so many spots and it's no different in our business. And many times when I get home, my wife will ask me, what the hell are you even doing? Half your staff is there. You keep saying, you're, who, who are you meeting with? You, you can't meet what's going on, but there, there is a lot going on. And I, I, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of dealers who um, have weekly placed calls individually to all their, their employees who are on furlough or in some cases, let's say being paid, but aren't physically at the dealership. And that's the one spot where I think I haven't done as great a job. I've done it weekly, but I should be doing it more than that. Um, you know, I, I've got a half written note, which I will get out today that talks about how the fact that this serve has to be applied for the CERB once a month and it's that time. So make sure you go ahead and apply for it. I've done videos of just walk through the place saying, this is kind of what I felt like I was in the movie Chernobyl. This is kind of what it's like in here now. People in noise in the showroom and, and I hear, you know, Lady Gaga playing in the show. I've never heard of in the showroom before. Apparently we've had it for 10 years. So it's kind of a fun thing to try and keep them up. But I have found that at times that my staff at home have been more work than my staff here. So try to keep them motivated, try and keep them engaged, try to tell them that we still love them and that we want to get them back here as soon as it's safe to do so as soon as the government opens up. But I think that keeping them engaged, in touch with it from an arm's length, um, using video or the media that we have, we're blessed, man. If this was 50 years ago, the feeling of distance would be much, much more significant. Very, very true. And with the staff that I have here, I huddle with them every day, twice a day, 10 in the morning, two in the afternoon, What's good? What's bad? How can I help? Um, what do we need to do, need to do differently tomorrow? Yeah. Um, and as long as you continue to do that, sometimes it's four minutes. Sometimes you talk about how customers need to interact. 
And sometimes you talk about how much they miss their mom, whatever the heck it is, that's what you do. But I'll tell you, it certainly flushes out from the people who are in a position of people management. Um, there's a, there's a, a, you know, there's administrators, administrators, there's managers, and then there's leaders. And it became very apparent very quickly who was where. That's yeah. for sure. And no, I, had, I totally agree. And, and that's, I guess, one totally, silver totally lining. Agree you know, kind of during times like this. And I remember the same yeah. thing happened during the recession. The same thing happened. You saw who were real leaders and, and who weren't. And, and speaking of leadership, that's actually a perfect segue into my next question, because uh, another big part of my conversation with a lot of dealers right now is communication from their OEMs. Wow, boy, that's been a hot topic. And again, I swear OEMs kind of fall into one of those two categories again, right? Like there are OEMs out there that are like, la, 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 la. <laughs> and, and then there are ones that are really doing an amazing job of actively communicating to their uh, dealership body and supporting the dealership body in every single way they can. I'm kind of curious for you two gentlemen, how has it been and um, what has been your experience, I guess, really, uh, with dealing with OEMs during this time frame? Uh, Stefano, I'll start with you. You know what? I, I, I've been blessed with, with the OEMs that we deal with. Um, super supportive in every way, shape and form. Uh, even when it comes to, you know, wholesale inventory that, you know, cars that are, that are geared up for your dealerships and product that's geared up for your dealerships, you know, making the call saying, is it okay if we, you know, send those, send those units and, you know, things like that. And let us know how we can help you. If, you know, if we make a call, just, you know, give us a call, see if we can help you out on anything. So I, I've been blessed. FCA, Yamaha, Suzuki. Um, I, I have nothing but, but great, fantastic things to say about how they've been with us um, throughout this difficult time, very uncertain time, even for them, right? You, you do have to feel for the OEM as well, right? That is right? very like true, yep. They, everybody has a boss, right? So um, it's, it's, you have to understand that their boss is looking at them saying, hey, how many units can you get out of that dealer you know, this week to you know, wholesale, right? Um, so you have to understand everybody has a boss and everybody is dealing with a very uncertain time, especially in the beginning times. Now we've kind of, you've, you've kind of entered a little bit of a flow in your life now, um, when it comes when it comes to dealership, of course, but you, you, you got to really understand and take everything with it, with, you know, a grain of salt and, and what's going on. Um, but on, on my end, Super happy, super impressed with how everything went down. That's that's great to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, for yourself, you know, how's your experience been with you know kind of the communication, you know, coming from the OEMs, and do you do you feel supported? Good question. Is this where I get my anonymous mask from the movie The Invitation? <laughs> yeah, this is where I'm just gonna fuzz out your face, and we'll do that. You know, that deep dark, you know, voice. Yeah. You know, yes. That- <laughs> yes, go in the shadows where my voice changed. Um, actually, it's not necessary. As, as much as it sounds like I may be blowing sunshine, um, I'm not. Ford has been fantastic. Ford has been fantastic. And they have taken a shit kicking from their boss, which is Wall Street and shareholders saying that they, you know, unduly in a lot of cases, which is a whole other topic of conversation. But in face of that, in the face of their announced $2 million loss this quarter, they, they are prescripting, a, not prescripting, but expecting a $5 billion with a B dollar loss upcoming. They have been accessible. They've been responsive. Um, I, I, I chair our, our National Dealer Council, so I've had a very, I've had a front row seat 
to what it looks like in all this madness. And you heard me talk about administrator, manager, leader, and I've got a great leader, the first uh, you know, CEO, Canadian CEO, come back to Port of Canada, and he landed right in the middle of it. He went through a smart redesign where he took a bunch of uh, human resource out of, his bill, out of the place, closed some plants, and then this hit. So <clears throat> welcome back to Canada, Dean. But I'll give you, yeah, I'll tell uh, you. Dean, Dean, that's just a plug-in. You'll have to come on to the show now because we've called you out. <laughs> they've been great and to the point of where i've said uh, you're not going to go back to your building and have meetings all day staring at each other's neighbors because guys are at home in your underwear you're doing way better way more accessible you've turned around stuff quicker we've brought 52 things to them saying in terms of support that we need financial and otherwise they've come through with 48 and and made great attempts and that's halfway in the other ones it's like feel very supported very blessed. Um, nobody I'd rather go through this for. I mean, now that I feel a very undying loyalty uh, as a result of it, that's for sure. Yeah, that that, that that is so cool, and it's it's great to hear. And uh, we hope to have you on the show, Dean. Um, so, <laughs> moving to my next, this is kind of one of my last questions, guys, for you guys is is I've been talking a lot about goals. You know, I mean, man, do we literally have to take everything that we kind of had at the beginning of the year and kind of wrap it up into a ball and just kind of toss it into the trash and start with a fresh piece of paper? I mean, and I find that that is something that a lot of dealerships and a lot of management is struggling with right now is like, how do I do this? And I think even the OEMs are struggling too to figure out like, what do I set for goals? I mean, so much of our pay plans is based on hitting these goals. And I think everybody's asking that question, like, how do I reset? What do I reset? So I'd love to kind of get your kinds of your guys' thoughts on this is, you know, how do we kind of develop out realistic goals moving into this new norm? Stefano, I'll start with you. Then Kevin, I'll ask the same question. I think it's, I think it's going to take another 30 to 60 days, maybe more to kind of establish and answer that question hundred percent accurately. Because I think as, as owners, we're, we are still kind of trying to figure it out where our goals need to be. And we still need a little bit of time to develop a pattern and, and kind of see where we're at. Um, um, yeah, that's, that might be a little bit tough to answer at, at the exact moment, but you know, I, as for, for me, my goal is to ensure my, my staff are safe. My, my clients are safe. Um, daily operations are, are safe, of course. And just to kind of make sure that, that we stay on track for where we need to be as a company and, uh, and, you know, devote ourselves to the company and the industry to make sure that what we're doing is are the necessary steps to, to encourage to, to become, you know, to have those goals. Um, whether it's, you know, certain pricing or, or, or certain logistic styles or, or whatever the case may be. I, I think we still need a little more time to answer that question accurately. Just my opinion. No, that, that totally makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I see right now for a lot of dealerships, the goal is process. <laughs> Let me just yeah. create the goal of developing out this process and just start executing so I can figure out how to fix it or where it breaks and so on and so forth. You know, I, I think it's probably not fair that we're talking about what our goals as far as numbers are because we don't really even know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from a process perspective, you know, we don't necessarily know what that's going to be. From a cost perspective, we don't even know what that's going to be. I mean, Kevin, me and yeah. you got talking about this a little bit off camera earlier. You know, the expense of everything is going up. You know, the, the thing about the expense of service a car, we now have to sanitize cars. Like, guys, it costs something. <laughs> like, there's a cost associated with that, right? I'm thinking of all the inventory sitting on the lot and just kind of rotting away, you know? I mean, Kevin, you talked about that earlier. It's like, how many of those used cars are you going to have to replace the brakes? Because yeah. it's been sitting there for 
two yep. months and you know hasn't moved so i mean I, kevin your kind of thoughts on you know the dealerships out there that are you know needing to create goals because it is important we have to have goals right if we're going to move direction we have to have goals but you know what is a realistic goal that we can set right now during this time frame um geez you know this is a great question i you've done this before haven't you this is not your first pod, first podcast no, first I've, really done, I've done a couple <laughs> okay all right 267 yeah, question it's pretty difficult to answer i don't have hard goals and I'll, I'll tell you why there's a number of things that that need to occur beyond our control before we can really establish what it looks like the goal is let's do the best we can manage process now take that pronoun and flip it over to profit hopefully at some point soon um because that'd be nice because uh, yeah. I had a job, man. I didn't need to do this as a job. That's for sure. So um, I, I think, you know, get, get the process in place and, and also the process for safety. And as you onboard more staff now, you know, I've got 30,000 square feet with, with 20 people in it. Pretty soon it's going to be 42 people or up to 42 people in the same space. I have need to keep them apart, um, even in terms yeah. of, you know, using restrooms and, and, and how people are going to enter the showroom. I've got two entrances and how we manage that and whether masks are going to be mandatory. And so yeah. the safety element is going to be a big one before we can establish what that looks like. Second thing for me is going to be the return of consumer confidence. So the, the government of Canada and the provinces have to come out and say, you know, we're back to a new normal. People find out, yeah, my job's still there. My company's still there. It's at the same level. I'm comfortable again, even though you have manufacturers such as mine, which is offering like almost a six month payment vacation, a three year free plus three year deferral. I don't know where I'm going to be in six months. So yeah. I'm still not comfortable yeah. going down the road. So until consumer confidence returns, it's going to be hard to say what goals we can set as to whether it'll be the new normal. And I hate the cliche new normal already. And we're not even in the freaking new normal yet. So <laughs> That's the, true. The, the final thing is going to be supply, both part supply and supply from the manufacturer. How quickly can Ford Motor Company go from producing face shields back to producing again? Because if you take a look at their assembly processes, um, they can't be six, they have to be at least six feet apart on the assembly line. And that's going to take significant changes to their operation. Now, Ford's starting up in the U.S. Uh, this coming Monday, and I I don't know what their throughput's going to look like. And until I do, I can't lay those expectations on my staff. So the, to what Stefano has said, um, do the best we can as soon as we can, but a yep. lot still well beyond our control, brother. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think you're you're hundred percent right. I mean, I think right now, as far as the goals go, you know, we should go for those quick wins. You yeah. know, like I I don't understand why dealerships are trying to rework their you know annual numbers when it's like we have no bloody clue. Like the goal yeah. should be is you know let's go for a quick win and easy. The goal should be how am I going to get my dealership to feel safe? How am I going to get people to feel safe to come back to work? How am I going to yeah. you know how do I get the customer to feel safe? You know, if they have to service a vehicle or they have to purchase a vehicle from me. So, no, I'm with you. I think that's a great place, you know, because we need goals because it pushes it forward. But these goals maybe just need to be different than what we're used to. They need to be kind of those quick wins and more of a operational goal, maybe necessarily than a profit goal. Yeah. Hey guys, I know we're uh, at the end of our time today. So thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. But before we go, I get to ask my favorite question of the day. And I prepped you guys for this. So I expect big things. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to start with you, Stefano. All right, here we go, Stefano. What is pissing Stefano off? Um, there's there's a few things that are pissing me off. But I, I think the main thing that's, that's really pissing me off is that I can't 
you know, I can't stare up my showroom window and watch a client's, I see a client's face and the smile when they come back from a test drive on a 911 or, or an SRT. And I can't look at them and say, they love it. I, I can't really do that. Right. And, and though we just had the showrooms open now, maybe that'll start to trickle in a little bit, but that that's what's pissing me off. Yeah, I, I I would say I, I, really I enjoy that. Too. I enjoy that very much. I enjoy that very much. Yeah, I enjoy that. That's a good one. Thanks, Stefano. All right, Kevin, yeah. you're up. All right, oh, you, you 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 do some oh. epic rants, so uh, the pressure's on here. I'm just messing with you. All right, Kevin, ready? Get up on that soapbox. What is pissing Kevin Zimmick off? Uh, I, I'm gonna I, I'm going to agree with Stefano and say it has to do with contact. Whether you know, yeah. I'm a hugger. I'm a hooker. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell that looks like going forward. That's for sure. And I'll even say contact as it relates to this. So yeah. I have an old school yeah. iPhone. When I put my thumb on here because of this, it doesn't work. My thumbprint doesn't work anymore. <laughs> now I got to remember passwords, and I got too many other things on my mind. So I know my password now, but I forgot to put it on underwear today, and I can't seem to get it all together. So anyway, that's I, I miss I miss human contact. I miss being able to. Yeah. see people you know eye to eye and uh, that yeah. that's gonna, that's not gonna that's not gonna come back for a while man uh, that'll take yeah. a little getting used to for me so that's gonna be the longest that, that's sure. probably one of the best yeah. why i'm pissed off moments we've had so far on this podcast thank you kevin because of my <laughs> old crappy phone um <laughs> hey guys uh but before we go uh, for everybody that's watching and listening thank you for watching and listening um if anybody out there would love to connect with you two gentlemen and kind of follow along with your business and yourself and what you guys do what is the best way to do so stefano i'll start with you what's the best way to connect with you uh the best way to connect with me is um you know email um, Stefano at serpa.ca um, and the, the, the main website for the company is serpa.ca uh, mm -hmm. that website is our landing page for, for our entire group of companies so anything you guys need we're here to answer awesome thank you hey Kevin for yourself uh, for the people out there watching listening would love to connect with you what's the best way to do so a couple of different ways email uh my last name is zimic so it's k-z-i-m-i-c at ridgehillford.com that always works i have also at z-i-m-i-c on twitter you can see me get into all kinds of trouble there and <laughs> my my instagram is at l-u-v-4-r-e which is not an ode to my wife or uh, my mom it's short That's for ferrari because i have a car problem that may include things other than ford so that's you should you find me on Instagram. I have not waded into the cesspool of TikTok. So <laughs> okay, well there we go. We're gonna get Kevin into TikTok, <laughs> and, and I'm sure his car obsession will fall well into TikTok. I'm hey guys, with you on that, man. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, thanks again so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a ton of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, appreciate guys. it. You guys, have a good one. You too.